why it is so vitally important that you nurture and cherish your prayer life, your time spent talking with God. Next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We often think of the sword of the Spirit as the only offensive piece of gear God gives to us here in Ephesians chapter 6. But you see, that's a misnomer. Quite frankly, there are two, not only the sword of the Spirit, but prayer. You see, they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. If it's God speaking to us by His Word, it's us speaking to Him by prayer. What better way to communicate in times of warfare? Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We continue our series on spiritual warfare looking at the place of prayer in the evil day. Won't you join us? From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our teacher and pastor now, here's Pastor Phil Howard. Christ is telling you this is what God wants you to do to him. Luke 11. Luke 18, the unjust judge is likened to prayer. If you'll just keep knocking on the door, though the unjust judge doesn't want to hear you at an unmerciful hour, though he would not want to hear you, but because of your persistence, he'll get up and grant you what you want. Christ gave those two parables, Luke 11, Luke 18, to say men ought to always pray and not lose heart. I'm afraid too many times we've stopped praying too soon. That we don't persevere at it. We don't ask and keep on asking. We don't seek and keep on seeking. And I believe the reason God doesn't answer our prayers quicker, sometimes he's trying to find out how bad we want it. And he just delays the answer. And, And all the time he can answer it. He's got the resources the first time you call. He can answer it the first time. But God is teaching us, how much do you want it? And if you'll keep asking and keep seeking, I know that you're really relying on me, and I'll filter out in you what you really want. And have you ever found that sometimes, by the third time it came up, you said, oh, forget it, I don't need it anyway. And God says, I didn't think you did. That's why I didn't grant it. And then sometimes he kind of filters out all that other stuff. And there's some things that won't let you go. And you just hold on. You say, I want this. I need this. And God says, good. Just keep keep knocking. Well, you've got to answer me the first time. No, I'm not a cosmic Santa Claus. I don't just rush and answer it because you asked one time. I'm waiting I want to change you. You see, prayer changes things. And what it really changes is the person praying. Persevere in prayer. Reading the biography of George Mueller. George Mueller lived to be about 82. And George Mueller, the famous German uh, missionary to London who came from Germany, but started orphanages there in London and ran them by faith, lived to be about 82, uh, but was a devout man of God. 
but he prayed for three men uh, for all of his life into his 80s two of those men were saved months before he got saved before he died two men got saved the other man didn't get saved until after Mueller died and imagine one day Mueller hanging around heaven and the third man pops up hey how you doing George what are you doing here? Well, you've been praying for me for 35 years. He just showed up. But he never stopped. Every day, he'd pray on his knees the New Testament scriptures. And he had these three men in particular. And he kept praying. And guess what? God saved them. One of the great stories uh, that's moved me in life is before I came here, I was living in Fresno and I went to a... Uh, uh, Assembly of God convention in Fresno. It's living in town, and I I thought C.M. Ward was going to preach. I thought I'd heard that, uh, and so I went to this convention in town. And uh, as I was there that night, uh, a man got up and began to preach. He told the story of how that his uh, about a man that he knew grew up in a nominal Christian background. I think they were Methodists, but they weren't really saved, but they had a nominal church connection. But in their part of country, a, a revival broke out and, and people were being saved and people were really being born again. And uh, this man came to faith in Christ. And uh, his family thought something weird happened to him. He, they knew he'd changed. He wasn't the same. He had an enthusiasm. He had a joy they'd never seen before. But he acted strange. And the strangeness was that he was gone every morning by 5.30. He, he started rising early. And he never told the wife where he was going. He just got up early while the rest of them were sleeping. And he'd be missing. And this went on for weeks and months. And uh, the wife became curious and got a hold of one of her boys and said, I want you to do me a favor. Your dad leaves every morning. I'm going to watch. And when he leaves, I'm going to get you up and I want you to follow him. I don't want you to be found out. I just want you to find out where he's going and what he's doing. Because he's been doing this for months. The boy got up. And he followed his dad. He went back and he, he told his mother, Mom, he goes to the edge of town. He walks into the forest. There's a tree stump there. He kneels. And that's what he does. But in a matter of months, every member of the family got saved. The wife the children, on and on. And uh, one evening after they all saved, the wife breaks down to tell the husband, says, Honey, did you know that uh, uh, I sent your boy here to follow you? And he's told me what you've been doing all these months. And he told me about you going to the side of town and going to the tree stump. And, uh, we're amazed. But there's something that, that bothers us. And he said, what's that? He said, 
Your boy says that he could hear you saying as you knelt, but you promised me, but you promised me, but you promised me, you've got to do it, you promised me. She said, we, we want to know what you were talking about. He promised you. He said, oh, oh. He said, uh, I was claiming Acts 16, 31 and 32, where it says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and all your house. And I've been claiming that for months. You saved me, Lord. You said you'd save my household. I'm trusting you to save them. And he did. And the preacher said, I was that boy. I know it's true. Because I was the one that tracked my dad down every morning for months. And I know God answered his prayer. Pray with all perseverance. Don't give up. We give up so quickly and accept defeat when God just waiting for us to continue to ask. Then he goes on and says that in this evil day, you ought to be praying and praying for all the saints. And you know, when you think, pray for the saints, what in the world should I pray? You ought to be praying for them Use it like the golden rule. When you're in the evil day, what do you need? And you ought to be asking God to give them what they need in that evil day. Maybe they're struggling with what is truth. Maybe they're struggling that their righteousness is Christ or their own filthy rags of self-righteousness. Maybe they're struggling over the sword of the spirit. They don't know those scriptures. They don't know how to rebut the enemy's attack. Pray for all the saints. Uh, not pray they get new Lexus. Not pray that they make a bunch of money. Pray for their preservation in the evil day. Pray they'll be delivered from the wicked one. Pray they won't be deceived to go back to sin. Pray they won't give in. Pray they won't run. Pray that they'll have courage. Pray that they'll trust God and walk by faith. Pray they won't be wounded. Pray the armor will be there. That's what we ought to be praying for the saints. The besieged people of God, hated by this world system, hated by Satan himself, we should be praying for our fellow brothers and sisters to be preserved. That's why the ministry of intercessory prayer, the greatest ministry maybe we could have, and sometimes I wonder if anybody wants it. And then, I, I'm amazed here, he he's decided to end the epistle by making a prayer request. And this is the greatest preacher to the Gentile world, the converted rabbi Pharisee. This is what he asked for us to pray. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. That is so moving to me. Here's a man in chains for preaching the gospel. 
He's in chains. He's, he's under house arrest. A Roman soldier is watching over him. And when he sends out a letter, he requests the saints, what would you ask the saints to pray about for you if you were in prison? Send some Oreo cookies. Send me a mocha. Pray I get out of this mess. Wow. Here I'm an ambassador for the king of kings and all I occupy is prison cells. You think an ambassador could be treated better. You know he prays? Would you pray? I hear him. He's in jail. Hear this. I want you to get it. Pray that I will not be intimidated in not doing the thing that got me thrown in jail about. Pray that I will keep preaching fearlessly the thing that's imprisoned me. Pray that I'll have boldness to make clear this marvelous gospel, even to the soldier, even when I'm in prison. Pray opportunity will be given to me to continue to share the glories of Christ, even while I'm under arrest. Sometimes we seldom ever get a noble prayer request. Some of them are so flaky, you wonder why they are ever put in the box. Instead of pray that I can endure this imprisonment for preaching the gospel, pray that I can hand out more tracts, pray I can preach more boldness and greater clarity, pray that more people will hear. No, no, don't you get it, Paul? This is the thing that's got you in trouble in the first place. You need to shut up. This is the way you get out of jail. This is how you can escape the Roman Empire. You need to shut up. They're hearing you clearly enough to say, this guy is preaching a gospel we don't believe. We're throwing him in jail. We don't want him. And in jail, he says, by the way, would you please pray I'll be bold and preach fearlessly the gospel. I want to read something to you that A.C. Dixon said in a quote. He said, when we depend upon organizations, we get what organizations can do. When we depend upon education, we get what education can do. When we depend upon man, we get what man can do. But when we depend upon prayer, we get what God can do. As I read this of the Apostle Paul, I begin to think of uh, if uh, a lot of times people in the church, uh, Pastor, what could we pray? What could we ask you to pray for you and the staff? I'm going to give you some prayer requests. I've written down eight of them. I, I don't want anyone coming up after the service and feeling sorry for me, would you? About eight, I had a bunch of people who said, Pastor, are you discouraged? Just because I said I have battles with it doesn't mean I'm necessarily discouraged today. But give me 24 hours and I might be able to come up with it. Right now I feel fine, but who knows? I don't say that for sympathy, I say that for reality checks. We all have our times, okay? But I'm not soliciting you to go into a panic mode. I'm gonna say some things that if you're not mature in the Lord, you'll panic. And so maybe uh, 
you need a drink of water now. Is that uh, ministry is our worst enemy. It is its own worst enemy, the ministry. It is not destroyed by the big bad wolf of the world. Ministry destroys itself. Spurgeon said those incessant knocks at our door and perpetual visits from idle persons are so many buckets of cold water thrown upon our devout zeal. We must by some means secure uninterrupted meditation or we shall lose all the power. The great threat to our prayer and our own meditation on the word of God is good ministry activity. Good things destroy us because we do good things and not the best things. I read an excerpt of Jerome who finally resigned his church and said, I'm going to escape into the wilderness of the North African desert. I want to get away. My church makes me too busy. And he excluded himself from his church. He moved away and devoted his life. And when he came out from the wilderness, he translated the Latin Vulgate, which stands to this day. But he could have done a thousand good things, a thousand potlucks, a thousand visits, a thousand just pass the time. And who was in this fun? Let's hang out at Starbucks. But instead, he hid himself in a wilderness and translated the Bible in the tongue of the day, Latin. And it's outlasted all the meetings. Sometimes we were in the quandary. You can do a lot of things with a lot of people and a lot of so-called ministry. I'm so busy doing ministry, I don't have time to pray. I'm so busy doing ministry and propping up the church, I don't have time to read a good book about how to deepen my Christian life. I'm so busy just doing everything and we're a bunch of nervous wrecks running the church and nobody's waiting on God. And he said to the early church, get some deacons and set some men aside to pray and do the word. Now the problem with that, many a church has deacons, but they still don't have anybody devoted to prayer. Because the deacons are over here fussing many times about, did we meet the budget? They're not helping run the church. They're just fussing over a $20 item. And the pastor's over here being Mr. CEO administrator and doesn't have a prayer life. Many pastors are prayerless. But you know what? They're busy. Busy changing the diapers of a bunch of immature saints. That nobody sets them aside to be men of prayer and the word. And the pulpit has become more powerless. Churches have become more management by objective. More like a business. And little services that are unexplainable. Few meetings where the power of God is indescribable. Few preachers do you ever hear that you say, the bush is on fire and it's unexplainable how they're burning. It's called Holy Ghost Prayer Saturated Ministry. Of which many do not even know. It seems on the fringe of fanaticism. We'd rather be bored to death with preaching than to see a bush on fire. But when God called me to preach, I said for years, I wrestled in prayer as a boy preacher. And this was my greatest fear. I don't want to bore people. I don't want to be a talker. I don't want to be a talker. 
I don't want to be a bozo in front of a congregation. I don't want to get up. I'm not a good speaker. I've struggled with speech all my life. I had the speech lessons. I had these lessons. Now, God, why do you put the burden on me of speaking in front of people? I've got to have divine help. You don't know the burden. I dare you to preach a month in front of the same people and you would know the ebb and flow of desperate dependence because you quickly are a boring spokesman. You can't, that's why stand-up comics on TV don't last too long. They can't come up with enough good material to keep wowing them. And to think that you could stand and preach to the same people with your same flaws, with your same personality week after week. John Wesley said, I dare not understand how any man could preach to the same audience for a year at a time. He said, I could never do it because he was an evangelist. It is a call in our lives in this evil day. I'm talking to you as a pastor to a congregation that's deeply beloved by me. God has given you great grace to sustain me these 31 years. But these are the things I would ask for you to pray for. Pray that God would continue to pour his power in us pastors to preach Christ. No matter what's in, what's popular, no matter if it's a season for preaching or not a season. He said, preach in season and out of season. And the last time I looked, all of life is either in or out. So it means all the time, whether the attendance is low or high, whether they like the series or don't, preach Christ, preach the word. Would you please pray that we would never, I'm talking about all of our pastors, would ever deviate from a word ministry in the power of the Spirit. Two, pray that we will not be drowned by lesser objectives, but let us be here to teach and feed you the word so that you'll learn how to survive the evil day. You need, we long for you saints to mature. We agonize that some of you will grow up and learn the word. You don't need another counseling session. You need to become obedient to the word. You need ears to hear. Oh, that it would become your faith. Become your conviction that Jesus is enough. And his word can guide me through the fog of this life. We are trying not to build a fan club. But trying to get you addicted on the words of God and the person of Christ. Hear me, hear me. That's what I want. If I die in this pulpit, if I leave tomorrow, I'll face the Lord. He knows that's what I've tried to do. Get you hooked on a book and hooked on a person because those two things will get you through. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Thank you for joining us today. It's our prayer that our time together here on Truth For Today encourages you in your walk and relationship with Christ. As we close out our broadcast, we would also like to invite you to contact us if you have a 
question about the broadcast, a prayer request. Maybe you'd like to order a copy of today's broadcast. We do have them available. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest. You can reach us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. You are also welcome to write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue. We're here at Suite 278, Hercules, California. Zip code is 94547. Now, another way to contact us and learn more about us would be to visit our website, valleybible.org. It's there that we have all kinds of information about who we are, what we believe, directions to the church, service times. And we also have a lot of resource material stored there as well. Simply go to valleybible.org and spend some time exploring our website, finding out about us a bit more. If you would like to become a TFT sustainer, we would love to hear from you. This broadcast is aired daily here on KFAX as we are able to partner with you, our listeners, financially. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a once-a-year special gift, Take a break with Pastor Phil. Our weekly video devotional is available to you as well. And again, it's all as a TFT sustainer. When you contact us with your gift of any amount, we'll sign you up. 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, And the zip code is 94547. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.